Hello? All right. Amen. If you guys need a Bible, raise your hand and someone will go grab one for you. You got that, Christian? Thanks, man. So raise your hand. And when you get a Bible, I'm going to be in chapter 21 of John, which is the last chapter. I actually thought I would be going last, but uh, I'm going first, so whatever. So turn with me when you get a Bible to John chapter 21, if you want to. It's America. And while you're turning there, I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection has already happened at this point in the story. And the disciples know that Jesus has been risen from the dead, but this is all still fresh in the disciples' minds. They're all hurt and broken and lost at this point because this man who they've devoted so much of their energy into following the footsteps of for three years has died. That's kind of how it works. Is everything all right with the microphone? All right. So the disciples are all hurt in their own way, um, which is completely logical, but John outlines in more detail what's going on in Peter's head right now. Um, So, yes, the disciples are all hurt, but we're going to read about Jesus. Starting in verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter... Thomas, called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. It seems like a normal thing to say. It doesn't seem very significant or crazy. But Peter's life before Jesus was fisherman. He was a fisherman before Jesus. So this is essentially him saying, I'm going back to my old life. And this is after Peter already knows that Jesus is alive still. So why would Peter go back to his old life if Jesus is alive? I think, just me being a human, I think what's going on in his head right now is Peter doesn't think he deserves to follow Jesus anymore. I'm sure he wants to follow Jesus. But he doesn't deserve to because he did fail pretty miserably. Jesus, I mean, sorry, Peter uh, denied Jesus three times in a row. Peter um, ran away in fear, and he let all of this fear and frustration and anger just kind of like culminate at a bonfire with the junior high girl. He like cusses out this junior high girl. That's an obvious low moment for Peter. Um, So it's pretty understandable that Peter doesn't think he's worthy to follow Jesus anymore. Let's pick it up again. They said to him, we are going with you also. So Peter and six other disciples um, decide to join him in fishing. They went out immediately and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. This is very similar to a scene earlier in John's Gospel. This is actually how Jesus introduced himself to several of these disciples, Peter being one of them. He pulled the same fish trick, like net, over the right side of the boat. He did the same thing. So that's when Peter realizes, oh, snap, that's Jesus. Let's pick it up in verse 7. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, that is John writing about himself, that has nothing to do with the story. Um, The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. 
When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. Why he put on his jacket before jumping into the water, I don't know. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153 fish. And although there was so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said, Come and eat breakfast. And my main point this morning is Jesus is pro-breakfast. Most important meal of the day. He loves breakfast and he wants you to eat till you're full. I like to use stories like this to justify me eating a lot of food. Sometimes I think I love food too much. It's kind of an issue, but I still love Jesus. He understands. <laughs> Let's get to verse 15. Verse 15, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? That's awkward, asking him in front of other people, hey, do you love me more than those people? But Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Let's stop there. Jesus is putting Peter on the spot here, asking him three times if Peter loves him. Because Jesus knows what's going on in Peter's head right now. And what Peter says is true. Jesus does know that Peter loves him, but that's not the point, Peter. Jesus isn't asking you, do you love me? Because he doesn't know if you love him. He's asking him because he wants you to know that you love him. Peter is doubting his self right now. Himself, not his self. Peter is doubting whether or not he loves Jesus or whether or not he's worthy of following him. Peter is feeling a lot of pain and guilt right now. And in Peter's head, he probably is deserving this punishment that he's giving himself. He's deserving of the guilt and pain that he feels. But that is exactly why Jesus was on the cross in the first place. He went through that pain and guilt for him so that Peter doesn't have to. So here we have two different ideas. There is Peter's idea of justice and Jesus' idea of justice. We all know which idea is most likely right, but let's look at Peter's idea of justice. Peter, in his head, he's saying, I denied Jesus, I failed, I deserve this pain. He's feeling the pain. Excuse me, my voice cracked. I deserve this pain. Jesus obviously has something different to say about that. Jesus knows that Peter denied him. Jesus is saying, Peter denied me, but I suffered his pain, so he doesn't have to feel it anymore. And one way that the devil loves to ensnare us, this is a very effective tactic, devil loves to ensnare us by convincing us that we can't go on because we've failed so miserably at times, which is true. We do hit low spots like Peter does. But Jesus has something different to say. Now, me personally, I do feel like I deserve pain a lot. Um, that's something about myself, like I just... I know what I do, I know what I have done, and I can feel guilt and pain all day. And I can draw my own conclusions on what I think I deserve, but Jesus' justice, God's justice, is a very complicated thing, and it doesn't make sense, but it goes beyond our comprehension of what justice is. 
every aspect of Jesus goes beyond our earthly aspect. Jesus is bigger and beyond everything. So God's justice doesn't make sense. God's not a fan of making sense. Um, But God's justice is right, and we need to be accepting of that. But don't hear me wrong. Life is not consequence-free. Just because we're following Jesus, just because he went on the cross, doesn't mean that we'll never suffer a consequence. We sin on this earth, and we'll receive earthly consequences for our wrongdoing. So don't hear me wrong when I say that. I believe that the ultimate objective in life, more important than anything, bigger than anything you will ever do, the most important thing you will ever do is following Jesus. There's a problem because we sin, but we're trying to follow Jesus. Like, let's say Jesus following is our only job, and we fail at it all the time. You think to yourself, dude, you had one job. You're failing right now. You're failing at following Jesus. You're doing it wrong. It's discouraging because we're constantly feeling like we're doing it wrong. We're following Jesus wrong. If I was following Jesus, I wouldn't be stuck in this sin. If I was following Jesus, I wouldn't be struggling with this. If I'm following Jesus, I should be good. But that's not true. The Bible will never say that following Jesus is easy. That's where my notes stop. But do you want to know what the gospel has taught me? Through John, through Aaron's studies in John, through listening to podcasts, through talking to people, and even occasionally, sometimes, through my own reading of the Bible. It doesn't happen often, but the gospel has taught me the truth about following Jesus. The truth (laughs) about following Jesus is not your problems don't go away. You struggle with sin. There will always be struggle. You will get in pretty dark spots. You will hit low points. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm following Jesus wrong. This shouldn't be happening. But it's actually the opposite. You're doing something right. You wouldn't be struggling with this if you weren't following Jesus. You have sin and struggle. But the reason it's a struggle for you is a direct cause of you following Jesus. If you weren't following Jesus, you wouldn't think you were sinning. And you would keep doing it guilt-free. So take that bit of encouragement there. You are doing something right if you are in a trial. And there is so much more in the Gospel of John that can prove that point. But I would end up talking the whole time. So that's, that's what the Gospel has done to me. The Gospel shows me truth. <laughs>